Hey everybody, welcome to E-Commerce Answers, a podcast produced and sponsored by Acorin, a leading e-commerce agency. My name is Frank Thompson. Every episode we're going to explore, analyze, and discuss key issues facing both B2B and B2C e-commerce merchants. We're going to look at a wide range of topics with a bias towards trends and technologies that merchants, e-commerce team members, and the media will be interested in. Welcome. Excellent. Um, so can, can you give a, just a real brief history of Hubble, including uh, why you selected the, the e-commerce platform that you did to get started? Um, you know, as I recall, uh, as, a, as a friend of your dad's and talking with him, you know, you wanted to move quickly. And so interested in that aspect of, um, of, of how you did your startup, um, because we have uh, clients that want to move quickly, too, and we want to help them move quickly. So can you kind of tell us how it all got started? Sure. Um, so we we were founded in uh, 2016. Um, we raised our first capital in May, launched in November. Um, our you know our CTO uh, Paul Rogers at the time um, you know looked through a bunch of different e-commerce platforms. Um, yeah, honestly, it, it, it was sort of his call to go with um, with Shopify. Um, he, he liked the recharge subscription plugin. We were going to be a subscription business, so that was important. Um, and, you know, he just felt like it was an ecosystem with a lot of momentum behind it. So would continue to be new future, new feature releases and that sort of thing as time went on. And um, so you, you picked Shopify, uh, SaaS platform. It sounds like um, good reasons for doing that, especially given the subscription nature of your business. Um, and um, obviously you guys wanted to move quickly and scale quickly, which you did. Was there... Um, in, in terms of thinking about digital marketing and growing the um, the business from scratch, um, was was Shopify did Shopify have anything to do with the the strategies and tactics you used there, or was it really yeah. just um, use the money efficiently and grow it quickly and get customers to trial as quickly as possible? Yeah, I, I, I think more of the latter. I mean, Shopify was you know kind of just an easy, um, you know, relatively off the shelf to work with, um, you know, and, and then the rest of, you know, the, the rest of it sort of fell, fell on marketing. Gotcha. Um, and in terms of your, your advertising starting out of the gate, um, it, which, which platforms and what type of advertising worked best to get people to, um, to trial? And um, are those tactics still working? Because a lot's changed since 2016. Sure. So, I mean, we've always been, you know, primarily did a digital marketer that, that continues to be true today. Um, we use a lot of paid social uh, marketing, Facebook and Instagram primarily that, that continues to be true today. Um, and, you know, it, and, uh, you know, and our goal is to sort of, you know, offer up value to the consumer, um, you know, both on sort of that promo first order and, you know, and, and, and then down the road, probably the biggest thing that's changed since launch is at launch, we only sold our own brand of lenses. Today we have uh, more of a kind of hybrid uh, marketplace model and we, and we sell uh, J&J and Bash and Loam and the other brands as well. Got it. So as opposed to in the, in the startup days, um, you've uh, probably, I assume, changed your advertising profile to include some of those um, branded keyword terms and, and some of the, <laughs> the advertising that you do and yeah. uh, but have the um, have your selection of audiences uh, changed at all with your Facebook advertising and and your Google ads, or are you pretty much? Um, yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, it, it, it's 
um, you know, there was a lot of energy um, to, you know, to, to sort of targeting at the outset, you know, and that becomes less and less important over time because as you're sort of scaling budgets, you um, have to hit a larger audience. Um, and, you know, and, and, and plus in the intervening years, Facebook and Instagram have gotten better at, um, you know, at, at ad delivery with, with fewer parameters, with fewer targeting parameters. Right. You know, so I think th those have generally been the you know directions that we've seen evolution over the course of the business. But um, let me let me ask you this. I mean, my my Instagram feed and my Facebook news feed are chock full of relevant, interesting looking products. A lot of them from startups, and I I have uh, converted off of some of those ads in in the last few months for sure. Especially if they're if they're super relevant and the creative's good and, and, and it's enticing looking like the in summertime getting the, the perfect surf shorts or whatever, I've, I've definitely been hooked. But some categories seem to have a number of competitors vying for attention with pretty large audiences. For example, uh, we, have a, we have a new premium dog food client that we're mm -hmm. helping. It's an existing company that's started a new brand, very high-end dog food that you, that you hydrate after you get it. And yesterday morning, I must have had five or six very high quality looking dog food ads in, in my feed. And so my question is, um, do, you know, do you, as, a, as a digital marketer, do you try to avoid situations like that? Or is there enough ad inventory to go around? And do you want to compete with your competitors and, and, and get that share of voice with them? Um, or maybe that's a tough, you, tough one to answer. No, no, no. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, 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 uh, paid socials direct response, but it's also more of a, it's, 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 it, it, you know, but it's not like search where you're literally bidding on the same keywords. And so, I mean, you look in general, um, it's better to be in businesses where, uh, there's a lot of demand and you have few competitors. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I'm not sure how much that enters into the auction dynamics. Um, you know, I mean, the, the challenge, you know, the challenge when you're bidding for, you know, for us, you know, social media inventory is just you're competing against everyone. And so, you know, who's going to have the highest, um, you know, highest return on ad spend use of the ad impression that day. Um, but, you know, but, but obviously I, Dog, like premium dog food's a very crowded category, of, you know, and so that has all sorts of other implications for you know the business as it has, um, you know, mattresses and other spaces, um, yeah. you know. So, so probably less of a um, specific, you know, paid so you know um, uh, paid media question, you know, more just like you know the kind of the obvious. Um, you don't want to be in things that are too crowded. Yeah, sure to sure to say though that it's probably a good thing to you know every every industry is different, every business is different, and just given the the the, the dynamics of digital advertising, as has has always been the case, you really have to to keep an eye on things. And and uh, I assume when you when you've got uh, large spends going, your your team is probably continually continuously moving the dials and mm -hmm. watching which creative works, which buys are working and adjusting accordingly all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, given you work in, in a somewhat regulated industry, do you think there's still more room for startups like yours that require uh, intervention of specialists or medical um, prior to the consumer ordering, um, you know, obviously I mean, in the mental health care space, yeah. 
there's been a yeah, bunch I mean, of, but it seems like there's room for more. What are your thoughts on but, that? We'll see. I mean, look, I, I think a lot of this, you know, I think a lot of this is driven by, you know, certain, a lot of this is driven by consumer demand, but a lot of this is also driven by investor demand. So, you know, certainly um, him's going out and, you know, so far, you know, stacking successfully, and, you know, and floating miles of publicly traded um, company, um, you know, that's definitely sort of a tailwind for the broader space. Right. Um, any apparel, healthcare, health and wellness, or other categories you would consider doing a startup if you had the, the time outside of your current pursuits, or if uh, other entrepreneurs who are listening, um, any particular spaces that generally yeah, interest you that you can talk it's about? It's funny. I mean, everybody gets so curious about the category as if, like, you know, so whatever. These are all sort of, you know, long established, um, you know, well understood consumer categories. Um, you know, as if sort of picking the right category, the magic is the magic thing. Right. Um, you know, it, it, and I think it really is a lot more, uh, you know, you can make a, a, within reason, you can make a successful business in that, you know, in, in, in any, ver you know, in any category. Um, and, it, and I think it's a lot more about, um, you know, about sort of why, you know, why you're going to be a good supplier in that category um, and, you know, sort of what dynamics you offer up as a business. Um, you know, that are going to make you competitive with the other players in your space. Um, I, I don't think there is like sort of this magic category thing. I think consumers are smart and very value focused um, and, you know, and you have to have an understanding, you know, or, or you know, a hypothesis of, you know, of, of why um, you can meet sort of, you know, their relatively demanding standards, you know, bar for, for quality and value. Right. And, and I guess uh, beyond, beyond kind of the consumer demand side, if as an entrepreneur analyzing what you might do next, um, you kind of take a three-dimensional approach and look at the dynamics of the industry, especially the supply, the supply chain, as you mentioned, and find, find something where you can do that well. Those are, those are very, very important, right? It's just not about the, the front end and the, and the catalog and the shopping cart experience and how good you can do social media. It's, it's, it's about the whole thing. It's a, it's a business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you think um, for, for B2C e-commerce startups, should merchants be designing uh, mobile first now? Like, like all the time, yes. um, you know, bulk of the traffic's on mobile. So it's figured that's, um, you know, that, that's the most likely place your customers are going to, um, you know, going to encounter you. And, you know, when you're looking at wireframe, you know, wireframes or, or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, you, you should be thinking mobile first because you are a mobile first business. Do you, um, can, can, can you share, um, if you're not comfortable answering this question, don't, no, no worries. But uh, can you share maybe how much growth um, uh, Hubble has seen towards mobile um, in since 2016 to now, or we, I mean, even, by, even in 2016, Facebook was already very heavily mobile. Um, you know, I, I think we've always been a predominantly mobile business in, ter in terms of traffic. Yeah. Um, when do you think? Okay, if we're talking mobile, when when do you think uh, B 2 C e-commerce merchants um, uh, need to think about having an app? Are there any basic rules of thumb? I think the app thing's overrated. I mean, you, you, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like kind of downloading extra apps needlessly. And I, and I don't think most consumers do. Um, you know, if there's a reason sort of germane to your business to have an app, sure. Um, but 
but I think people, you know, people get very excited about the app when like a lot of the time, the only, like there's little you can do, there's little you have for the customer to do in the app that they couldn't do as conveniently in a browser. Um, and you know, browsers more convenient because you're already using it regularly. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the Hubble and the Hubble name. It's a great, it, it's a great name. Where, um, can you share where it came from? Um, sure. We, 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 have, we were looking at a lot of names. Um, my co-founders had uh, brainstormed a bunch of them for us. Um, and, you know, we, we want, I mean, honestly, you know, I, which, which is always what, you know, what I tell people um, when, when they're doing naming, you know, when they're working on names for their business is like, um, you know, <laughs> good name needs to be easy to pronounce, easy to spell, have relatively clean SEO, um, have good domains available and, you know, and not be trademarked already. Um, and, you know, trademark registry is crowded these days. Um, it, it's been around for a while. Um, and so, you know, you generally like, um, you know, don't be too precious about the name and, you know, and, 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 and work with something that's really far away from, you know, from existing businesses out there because, um, you know, whatever, I, you know, I've probably seen, you know, a few dozen people go through, uh, you know, go through sort of, you know, trademark analysis with a lawyer. Um, it like, you know, all, all, all lawyer can tell you, like, if you choose something that squarely conflicts, um, with the trademark, then, you know, then the lawyer is going to tell you that's a problem, but like, you know, whatever, you can do that research yourself. Um, and if you, you know, and if you do something that's squarely safe, they're going to tell you that's probably okay. And then everything else, it depends on if somebody challenges the mark. Um, so, you know, wh wh why invite that headache into your business? You, the name probably isn't that magical. Yeah. Um, do, do you think, um, might we see the name Hubble um, associated uh, with um, different uh, healthcare products sometime in the future? Is that possible? Yeah, we'll see. You know, we're always thinking about other things to do with the business, um, for yeah. sure. Um, okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting close to uh, getting some wrap-up questions going here. Um, this has been uh, great and super interesting and in, in, going uh, faster than I thought, which is always helpful to not only you, but also our listeners. Um, and this is a, this is a question that I, I steal from Andrew Udarian's e-commerce fuel podcast. So I need to credit him, but um, I wanted to um, ask you, what's your uh, favorite e-commerce uh, software or platform and, and why? Um, and maybe you're not as much in the weeds of the business as you used to be, but do you think you can answer that? Um, what's my, I mean, the, the, the thing to me that's interesting, and look, I mean, some of the, you know, some of these, you know, these platforms have, you know, have acquired, you know, pretty, um, pretty impressive market caps. Um, uh, the, the, the thing that's kind of, you know, to me, they all kind of feel like commodities, which is, you know, good from the perspective of the merchant. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, you know, it sounds like, you know, you work with multiple platforms, you know. Yeah, we do. You, we you, have to, yeah. Right, do you, but, company. <laughs> right, right, right. But do you see huge, you know, when we, for, you know, um, do you see huge differences in the, in the platforms, you know, between, a, you know, big commerce and Magento, uh, you know, Shopify, what have you? It's interesting. We don't see, we don't see, um, we, we see uh, races to, to different features, right? And that's basically what it is. And so on the B2B side, um, 
you see more progressive uh, older companies like Magento now owned by Adobe investing in um, a lot of uh, can be somewhat esoteric B2B features like purchase order approval functionality and company customer hierarchy enablement and stuff like that. And then on the SaaS side with, um, uh, with for, that, that for the most part focus on, on B2C, you get um, big commerce and um, Shopify racing to see who can do multi-store better, um, things like that. So um, yeah, I think it is somewhat commoditized, but um, uh, you know, our, our listeners and, and our e-commerce merchants that we serve really do, uh, especially in very established industries as opposed to pure play startups, um, features that are important because they've got these big established businesses that you're trying to fit with the right feature set. So that's why I asked the question. Yeah, but that makes sense. Um, any, any final thoughts from kind of a startup perspective? Any uh, final lessons or words of wisdom you can pass along to our listeners who are thinking about um, starting a business this year or in, in the near future as we hopefully get towards uh, the end of this pandemic? What's, uh, what, what's uh, your... You're, you're yeah, I mean, the, look, the, 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 the great and, you know, the great and the terrible thing about all this is it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy at this point. Um, and, and so, you know, the great thing about that is if you have an idea, I mean, it's, you know, it's very, do, it's very doable to, you know, get it live and test it and, and see, you know, see if there's fit with the world. Um, you know, and, and the, you know, and the bad thing about that is it's easy for everyone else too. Um, so, right. you know, it's, it's, and that's, and that's, um, you know, cha- you know, challenging as a, you know, challenging as a merchant, it's, um, it's great for the consumer though. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, and so, you know, um, you know, something to be excited about at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think there's just a ton of opportunity out there still. And it's, um, it's, it's mind blowing to just sit there and think with a, with a piece of paper and pencil about what, what still can be done. Um, and, um, you guys have been an inspiration to that type of thinking too. So uh, congratulations on, on starting the business a few years ago and getting it to where it is. And um, those of us who are uh, e-commerce fans will be interested in, in seeing what you and, uh, and what Hubble does next. So I really appreciate, Jesse, your, your uh, chatting with me today. Um, it, it's been fun. And um, obviously, I'll uh, send you a preview of the chat uh, before we go live. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a pleasure. All right. Thanks so much, Jesse. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of e-commerce answers. If you have ideas for topics you believe we should be exploring, send a note to podcast at acorin.com or you can fill out the contact form on our website. If you'd like to participate and be a guest, we welcome those inquiries too. Thanks so much for listening. And we look forward to bringing you our next episode.